Welcome back to the D3 Golf Guys podcast. We've got a great show for you tonight. Very excited. It's conference championship season, which means that we're going to go through sort of the conference championship results to date. And then we're going to start looking forward to nationals where we have uh, been blessed by Coach Jim Ott from Illinois Wesleyan with a tremendous amount of knowledge about what it's going to take to get into nationals. We have all the numbers and we have sort of our first guess at who the most likely people are in the pools of at-large bids. And we will give you our opinion on where we think that stands, who do we think is being considered, and we will also go through who we think will get in. So with that, let's jump right in. And let's jump in on the ladies' side of the bracket. Okay, we're going to go through sort of uh, region by region, which is going to be a little different. But we're going to start with the central region, where a lot of the schools are going to be doing their conference championships over the next handful of days. Now, it's important to note that the committees are going to be meeting in that first week of May, that May 3rd, 4th range, to make selections for nationals. So we're going to have a whole bunch of results come through probably on the 30th to the 2nd in order to get to the final uh, automatic qualifiers, and then the committee will meet to go through the Pool B and Pool C selections. Um, from right now, what we can see, it looks like the fields are pretty set from a Pool B, Pool C perspective, from who we anticipate to have enough people in their conference to have automatic qualifiers. It's been very interesting to see some schools that don't that we thought should have had automatic qualifiers that did not. And we'll get into that in more detail. But in the central region, I don't really have any conference results. I've got a lot of things that are happening uh, this week, this weekend for most of the central region that will be included in there. So things that we're going to be looking for in that space, um, you know, the Wisconsin schools will be in there, the Minnesota schools will be in there, American Rivers, most of the Iowa and Nebraska Wesleyan schools. Um, we also have the Northern, the Northern Athletic Co- Conference. We also have the, the SLEAC, which is the St. Louis Conference. So that'll be very interesting. Uh, the biggest... Uh, thing in the central region is Wash U is a pool B school. So that they'll, they'll be tossed into our pool B conversation as well. Okay. Then we go to the east region where, again, we don't have conference results for the ladies yet. A lot of everything else is happening May 1st. That's going to be the, the NISCAC, which has Williams and Amherst and Hamilton, three of the higher rated teams in the country in that group. Uh, the middle Atlantic conference where you have teams like Arcadia and uh, Delaware Valley, Fairleigh Dickinson, uh, and York College. York will be the one to watch there. And then the Liberty 7 League, where NYU, St. Lawrence, Vassar, and Wesley are in. So again, no conference results there, but we will have those over the weekend. So we'll go through those in sort of the next podcast. Okay, then we get into the Great Lakes region, where we do have some results, and we have sort of a mix of where things are. So in the the, the CCIW, which is the college, the college Conference of Illinois, Wisconsin, Illinois Wesleyan's ladies won the conference championship there. They'll get the automatic qualifier. So they are in nationals. Um, they had a really good tournament and, and took care of business there. Uh, next, we have the Heartland Conference. And Rose Holman Institute of Technology came through in one conference there. Really great performance out of Rose Holman. So that is great. Uh, we'll see them in nationals not a ton of other contenders for nationals in that space. Uh, the Michigan Intercollegiate Athletic Conference, they are going to be playing this weekend as well. 
on the North Coast Athletic Conference. That's Allegheny, Denison, DePaul, Hiram, Ohio Wesleyan, Wittenberg, and College of Worcester. The Denison ladies had the lead. They kind of had their conference split up into two separate days. So there was one last week, and then there's one later this week. So Denison has the lead there, so we'll keep an eye on that. But they've been performing pretty well. So it'll be interesting to keep an eye uh, over the weekend on that North Coast Athletic Conference, or the NCAC. Uh, the other other big one in Ohio is the Ohio Athletic Conference. That has Capital, Baldwin-Wallace, John Carroll, Mountain Union, Ohio Northern, Otterbein in it. That also is happening over the weekend, which is not a big surprise. As, as you've kind of gone through this, most of these schools are in the northern part of the country. They haven't gotten out as early. And this is usually how this works. Is we, they, they get squeezed in right before the, the cutoff of the deadline before nationals. The other one is the President's Athletic Conference. That's got... West Virginia and Pennsylvania schools in it. And that was won by Westminster College based out of Pennsylvania. So there, so as of right now, we have three automatic qualifiers in Illinois Wesleyan, Rose Holman, and Westminster College. The big pool B school in that Great Lakes region is Carnegie Mellon, who we've seen and we've talked about, and they have that really, really good squad who went down to Alabama a couple weeks ago and performed exceptionally well. So there's another big Pool B squad. And, and I think the biggest conversation in the ladies' side is going to be Pool B. Um, I, pool B will be a conversation of both, but that's going to be really big on, on the ladies' side more so um, than the Pool C. Okay, next up, the Southeast region. We have t- all the results in here. For the Centennial Conference, Marymount University out of Virginia uh, came away with the conference championship there. They played really nicely um, on that one. Yeah. With also with the landmark conference, Catholic University, which is uh, just north of D.C., uh, also with it won the conference there. So two good wins. They're both in the nationals. In, as we come down into Virginia, into the ODAC, where Washington and Lee's ladies, who have been highly ranked all year, ended up winning the conference there. Um, again, nothing else too much there. In the SAA, where we had a little bit of excitement um, in the Southern Athletic Association, Center's ladies came out on top, but they didn't have the lead early on. And as we talked about on we talked about on Twitter, you know, one of the they they were not in the lead after day one. But the strength of that team and Riley Suter and some of the the experienced players they have came through. And, and that's one of the things as we kind of go through all of the conference for both men and women. And one of the reasons why I like seeing three rounds for conference play is the cream usually will rise to the top, and the Center's ladies. You know, they, they were kind of behind early, and then they blew away everybody the rest of the field. So um, congratulations to them. That was really great playing. And then in the USA South Athletic Conference, to nobody's surprise, the Methodist University Monarchs end up winning there with Jillian and Paige leading the way, as we expected. Um, so other big Pool B teams, though, Christopher Newport is in there and Emory are in there. Okay, and lastly, we've got the Western region, which is going to have our California and Texas schools in the West Coast schools. Now, the interesting, American Southwest Conference from the ladies' side, the University of Texas at Dallas ended up winning that conference, but Mary Harden Baylor put up a good fight, and they are probably a good contender in Pool C that we'll talk more about. In the Northwest Conference, George Fox, who's been in the top five for most of the year, uh, blew everybody away and is obviously part of the uh, automatic qualifier. The interesting thing that's happening this year is the the AQ or the automatic qualifier for the for the Southern California Conference is out because they only have three teams playing. So they you had to have at least four teams playing in order to maintain your AQ. So that will move 
uh, Redlands, Cal Lutheran, and Chapman are the three that are playing into Pool B. And now we'll explain what all this means here in a little bit. Other Pool B teams are the rest of the SCAC, which is really interesting because they have one provisional team in there. So they didn't have the original seven to earn the automatic qualifier. So as you go through that process, you know, Trinity University and Southwestern and University of Dallas, that has a little less impact on the ladies' side, but has a huge impact on the men's side. Um, But so that's all the automatic qualifiers we have now. There will be more over the week. But now let's dive in on the ladies to, to help everybody understand what are the numbers and what do all those mean. Okay. So for this year, the NCAA has determined that the field size was only going to be 85% of what it normally is. So that's one of the reasons why there's fewer available spots. But, so the automatic qualifiers for this year for the ladies, there's going to be 21 of them. Mostly because the California schools are not going to get their automatic qualifier. So that was what was going to be 22 is now 21 and that other one's going to go to Pool B. So the, the way to do this is 21 automatic qualifiers. Pool B is going to have two at-large berths. And Pool C is going to have two at-large berths. Now, what it does Pool B and Pool C mean? Okay, Pool B means you didn't have an automatic qualifier conference tournament. So California is a good example of them going into that. Or any other schools that are independent. So like Wash U would fall into that category. Um, there's some other things. Emory, Carnegie Mellon, though they have a conference, they don't play a conference tournament, so they end up in Pool B. So Pool B is anybody that is independent from a conference or their conference didn't qualify or doesn't have an automatic qualifier. Pool C is everybody who is in a conference that has an automatic qualifier but didn't win their conference. And this goes for the men and women for how the pools are constructed, but the numbers are different between men and women. So for the ladies this year in NCAA Division Three golf, you're going to have 21 automatic qualifiers, two Pool B teams, and two Pool C teams. We also take a handful of individuals into the national championship. My understanding is that the individuals this year will be six in number. So there will be six individual ladies that can come from any team that isn't in the national championship. Now, unfortunately, on the women's side, there's too many things up in the air with too many players up on the list that I have not been able to go through that list to figure out sort of who on an individual basis is going to get there. I'm going to try my best to do that in the next podcast. I've got a stab at it on the men's side, but in the women's side, there's so many top quality players in some of the teams that are going to be in both pool B and pool C. And with only two teams from each one, you could have multiple players from one team going in on an individual basis, which would not be unheard of uh, on either both the men or the women, but that's sort of where we are. So I'm going to, I'm going to beg your forgiveness. I will get to individuals for the ladies after this weekend or towards the end of this weekend, when I think I'll have a clear image of, what's going on with some of the other automatic qualifiers and get a better sense of pool B, pool C. All right. So that's sort of the, the automatic qualifiers from what we're looking at. Now let's dive in to, let's start with pool B. Okay. Here's who I have into pool B. Now there are more teams than this, but these are the teams that I am looking at as contenders in pool B. And, and 
I'm going to probably be too broad, and then we'll narrow it down. So Pool B, people who did not either have a conference or did not have a conference tournament or did not have an automatic qualifier for their conference. My list goes like this. Redlands, Wash U, Carnegie Mellon, Emory, Christopher Newport, and Trinity. Well, Redlands, Wash U, Carnegie Mellon, Emory, Christopher Newport are all in the top like 18 plus of the ladies thing, which is amazing because out of that group... You, we get two teams. Redlands has been ranked number one in golf stat all year. Wash U has been in the top five. Carnegie Mellon and Emory have been battling out and playing a ton of rounds. I don't know how the committee is going to break this thing down. It, it, it's not going to be an easy choice. Okay, if we go to the most recent Women's Golf Coaches Association coaches poll from April 9th, which is, by the way, almost a month old. Redlands is number one. Carnegie Mellon is number four. Okay, Emory is number 10. And Trinity is number 19 in the country. Chapman, who's also out there from California, is 18th. And Cal Lutheran is 15th. Those are the top ones from the coaches poll. Okay, when we consider golf stat rankings... Redlands is number one. Carnegie Mellon is number six. Emory is seven. Christopher Newport is 10th. UC Santa Cruz, who would fall into Pool B, is 15th. Trinity is 17th. Cal Lutheran is 18th. Southwestern is 20th. Chapman, 22nd. So when I look at this, we got two Pool B teams. Well, on Golfstat and the coaches poll, Redlands is in. And when I look at the Golfstat and the coaches poll, Carnegie Mellon is the next team in. So from this intrepid podcaster, my picks for Pool B on the ladies' side is going to be Redlands and Carnegie Mellon. And that really stinks because I think Wash U and Emory have every right of being in this field. But this is just kind of where things are for this year. So that's my assessment of Pool B. Um, things can change. The golf stat rankings can change before the May 3rd. And we will look at that before on the next podcast. Uh, I don't, hope there's another coaches poll that comes out soon. But I, I'm not holding my breath on that. But that's Pool B as we see it. Now let's turn over to Pool C where we have teams from the automatic qualifiers. Now this is probably an incomplete list. Mostly because we still have a bunch of conference tournaments out. And should somebody that is highly ranked not win their tournament, um, that would potentially be a, a bid stolen out of Pool C. But that tends to happen less often in the ladies' side. So let's go to Pool C and talk about that. Okay, from a Pool C perspective, here's sort of what I'm looking at. Mary Harden-Baylor is got to be up there. They were seventh in the coaches poll, one ahead of University of Texas at Dallas that ended up winning the conference tournament. Uh, they also are uh, number 12th in the golf stat rankings. So I, I think Mary Harden Baylor ought to have a pretty good chance at getting into the national tournament from a pool C. Here's the other schools that I have in so far. Hamilton out of the NISCAC in Williams's conference, because I think Williams will will probably edge them out. But 
It's going to be three across there of Williams, Hamilton, and Amherst. They're all in the same conference. So one of them's going to win, and two of them are going to be put into Pool C. And that's not good because there's only two Pool C spots. The other two schools that I have in for Pool C right now are Barry College and Rhodes College from the SAA. They're in Center's Conference, and they're highly, fairly highly ranked when we get down to it. Now, the interesting thing is, is you had a lot of the teams inside the top, say, 15, really take care of business in their conference tournament. So that's an interesting kind of process that comes up to say, all right, they've taken care of business. They've won their conference. The other highly ranked schools almost are all Pool B. So when I kind of went through this, I said, okay, here's the list. It's mostly SAA and NISCAC and Mary Harden Baylor. Um, are there could there other be other ones in there? Yes, there could, but with only two spots. Now, if we had nine spots, this would get a lot more interesting. We'd start talking a lot more about how much from each region can get in. But with this few of things, you're gonna have to take the top two teams. To me, it's gonna be Mary Harden Baylor, and then it's gonna be sort of uh, all right. Does Williams win the NISCAC, which would be a what we would expect? They're currently third in golf stat rankings. Then that would put Amherst and Hamilton in the mix, and probably go all right. Barry and a couple other people that would be in the roads. There might be a couple more that sneak in based on some other results that we'll find out this weekend. I feel like Mary Harden Baylor is probably in. They're twelfth in golf stat. They're seventh in coaches' poll. They played well. They just got nipped by somebody else in the top 10. Feels like they ought to be in. Because the California schools are in pool B, they're out. Because Carnegie Mellon and Emory and some of those schools are all in pool B, they're out. So the pool C in the ladies is actually a little bit, you can get a little further down the list to where you look at that. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see who, who from Pool C ends up making the Women's National Championship? My guess as of right now would be I'm going to go with Mary Harden, Baylor, and then probably one of the SAA schools. I think when you look at body of work, I think Barry or Rhodes, and it's probably pretty close between them, and I would probably go look at the head-to-head. I think they played more tournaments and they've had some more time on the course to show that that's not to say that Hamilton and Amherst, you know, are not there. Are not there. I just think when you look at body of work, there's more to the other two than the other ones. That being said, if Amherst or Hamilton steps up and gets the AQ, put Williams in because they're going to be highly ranked. So it, it's going to be really interesting. That NISCAC, I think, is going to have a major impact on Pool C. I think also, you know, if you're Ham- Hamilton or Amherst, you know, you want to, if you can challenge Williams and get in there and go head-to-head and lose by two or three shots, I think that only helps your case. So that's where we are there. Now, remember, as I've said before, I don't have the individuals for the ladies because there's just too much movement that's still possible on the ladies' side, especially with Pool B uh, on the individuals because there's a lot of good players between Wash U, Emory, Christopher Newport, uh, some of the Texas schools, and then also when you get to Barry Rhodes, Hamilton, Amherst, Mary Harden, Baylor, if for some reason some of those teams don't get in, they're going to have individuals that get in. So I'm going to reserve my judgment on the individuals for the ladies until the next podcast. With that, let's move over and start talking about the men's side of the draw. All right. 
On the men's side, let's go through the regions and let's talk about the AQs that are that we know of right now. There's again, there's some more that are oncoming this past this week, next weekend, and we'll go through those and kind of clean up some stuff as we go through this process. All right, start in the central region where American Rivers Conference is coming up later on. That's got Nebraska Wesleyan, Central, Buena Vista, Wartburg, those schools. Also, the CCIW is also coming up next week. Look for Illinois Wesleyan to come out of there. So it would say if Illinois Wesleyan does not win the CCIW, that could be bad news for for somebody else on the Pool C list. Um, The Minnesota schools will also have their conference here coming up. So that's our friends at Gustavus and Augsburg and Bethel and St. John's, Minnesota and University of St. Thomas, Minnesota. Um, that'll be another interesting conference. I don't know that there's going to get an at-large that's going to come out of there. Um, also, we've got the NAAC. So that's Aurora, Benedictine, Concordia, Wisconsin, um, and those kinds of schools in that Milwaukee area, Wisconsin Lutheran area. No at-large schools there. Then we have the SLEAC, which was won by Webster University, and they played great. Um, that was a great tournament to watch. Webster really separated and, and ran away and hid. Um, so that'll be very interesting as, as well because I think Webster will be a bit of a dark horse when they get to nationals, but they put up some good scores this year. So it'll be interesting to see how they compete. The other big one that's out that's going to be coming out is the Upper Midwest Athletic Conference. That's Martin Luther College, University of Minnesota, Morris, Northland, and that. That'll just be a, a one-bid conference there. Uh, two Pool B teams, one important one, Wisconsin-Eau Claire is a Pool B team. Uh, Eau Claire has a history of performance in the national championship. They're definitely in my Pool B selection. Okay, moving into the Great Lakes uh, region. The Heartland is still coming up. That's going to be interesting with Transy, Rose-Holman, Franklin. Uh, you know, I think that my, my hunch there is Rose-Holman, Transy, and Franklin are probably the three to watch. I don't think any of them can get an at-large bid. So in that one, win your conference. Uh, in the Michigan Intercollegiate Athletic Conference with Adrian, Albion, Alma, Calvin, Hope, Kalamazoo, Olivet, and Trine. Again, one bid league there. Uh, North Coast Athletic Conference. This is the one from, from the ladies' side where they have half the conference tournament done. The other one is coming up. Denison on the men's side as well has a good lead here. Um, it's going to be really interesting because I think the the – the winner between at the NCAC is obviously in, but I think the loser, if it's Denison or Wittenberg, has a chance in Pool B, or excuse me, a chance in Pool C. So that'll be something interesting. We'll talk more about what will we look at that in Pool C there. Uh, the Ohio Athletic Conference is also coming up. That's again Baldwin Wallace, Capital, Mount Union, Muskingum, Otterbein, those schools, and then the Presidents Athletic Conference. That one we do have a conference championship. It's the Westminster College out of Pennsylvania. So congratulations to those guys. They're in the national championship. No Pool B teams out of that region. Okay, now we're going to go to the Mid-Atlantic region. We're in the Allegheny Mountain Collegiate Conference. Penn State University, Erie, the Bedrind Co- College, won, the, won that conference, so they are going to go to nationals. And the Centennial Conference, Franklin and Marshall, have made the national championship in their automatic qualifier. At the Colonial States Athletic Conference, Rosemont College has won the AQ there. Then we have the Empire 8 in the New York area where Utica College has won the conference championship and will make the national championship. 
the landmark conference where Catholic University has also won their conference tournament. The Mid-Atlantic Conference Commonwealth where York College, Pennsylvania has won their conference tournament. And then we have the Middle Atlantic Conference Freedom where the Stevens Institute of Technology has won their conference and will be going to the Nationals. Uh, Northeastern Athletic Conference where the Pennsylvania College of Technology won the conference tournament and they will be going to Nationals. So it was a good year to be in technology basically over the last two schools. Um, now, Pool B teams in that Mid-Atlantic region are uh, bigger players here. Carnegie Mellon and Christopher Newport are the two big players that we're going to be talking about in Pool B. All right, in the Northeast, we've got the Commonwealth Coast Conference where Western New England has won the conference and will be going to the national championship. Um, we have a few, few less results here. The Great Northeast Athletic Conference, that's going to be um, Dean College, Emmanuel College, Rhode Island College, Somebody there is going to win that conference and get the AQ. The Liberty, the Liberty League, which is going to be at NYU as an affiliate member, Rochester, Skidmore, St. Lawrence. That, that'll be a one-bid one big league. The New England Small College Athletic Conference, that's, that's the NESCAC on the men's side. That has Williams, Anhurst, Bowden, Middlebury. That'll be interesting, but again, I think that's going to be a one-bid bid league this year. The North Atlantic Conference, that's uh, the main schools and some of the other northern New York schools. That'll be a one-big bid league. The Skyline Conference did have a champion. That's the Farmingdale State College. So Farmingdale State College will be going to the national championship. Uh, Pool B teams here, you know, there's several Pool B teams, but none of them are going to be competing for a Pool B spot this year. All right, in the South, we've got the three big uh, conferences and one big Pool B school. So in the ODAC, which we followed very closely, which scared a lot of Pool C teams because Guilford waited around until the final day to put the hammer down, um, led by James Michoud with a six-under final round to really just get underneath Hampton-Sydney. Um, I think that put, makes Hampton-Sydney a player in Pool C. But that'll be very interesting to see kind of where they go. Washington Lee was in there too. But Hampton-Sydney gave Guilford a run for their money. Um, give give credit to Guilford. They they did not play great the first two days, but they put the hammer down on the day three to really close it out. Um, but that was a really interesting tournament to watch and had significant impact uh, across the across the uh, landscape. And the SAA uh, was a was a bit of an upset because really Oglethorpe was the highest ranked team there, uh, but the University of the South Swanee came out and blew the doors off of it and handle their business really well. And I got a quote from one of the coaches saying that the numbers they shot on those greens, the greens were running like 13 down at Chateau Alain. They said it was incredible golf. Um, so congratulations to those guys. The challenge there was Swanee didn't do much of traveling to play other tournaments, so we really didn't have a ton on them. They could have been this good all year, and obviously they might, have, might very well have been, but we just didn't see enough in like bigger tournaments to have gone, oh, wait a second, there, there's a bigger player here. Uh, but congratulations to the guys from Suwannee. They're going to be going to the national championship. And then the other big, big tournament that we followed very closely. And if you're watching me on on Twitter, the USA South Conference had a whale, and I mean a whale of a tournament. Um, you know, and I give credit to the guys from Averett who 
did everything they could on day one to scare the living heck out of everybody else in the entire country. Um, because what we had there was you had Piedmont, Huntington, and Methodist all within the top six of the country, and Averett was winning after day one. Now, the good news for everybody else, we breathe a bit of a sigh of relief because all of a sudden, you know, Piedmont and, and Methodist came up. And I, I, the other big piece here, too, is Huntington kind of fell back. And Huntington didn't play great at their tournament in Wind Lakes and didn't really compete real a whole lot for where things were for the most part of this conference tournament. Now, big time credit to the guys at Piedmont who held off the, the Methodist guys and absolutely played their guts out in that tournament. And I know for a fact that they are still carrying around some very lucky poker chips. So uh, congratulations to the guys from Piedmont. You know, I think that as we get into this, we'll start talking about Methodist and Huntington in the Pool C conversation. The other big Pool B team from the Southeast is Emory. Um, They've been highly ranked all year, and they're in that Pool B stuff. All right, and lastly, we get to go out West, where, very similar to ladies, we've had good performances out of the Texas schools, but one of the big Texas conferences is not have an automatic qualifier. So a lot of those teams got shoved into Pool B. Also, on the California side, only the same three schools are playing from the men's side, so they got put into Pool B, too. But in the American Southwest, which just concluded uh, in the last 24 hours, uh, Mary Harden Baylor comes out on top, which is an excellent playing. Mary Harden Baylor played great all week. It was interesting because we were trying to follow this because we had some really interesting dynamics. Harden Simmons was right there. And we knew McMurray had been good all year. And they have our guys, Brennan Lawrence and Lane Roy. And they had gotten a third score, but they really struggled with a fourth score this week. And they had to count, I think, an 81 on the first day. And that set them well back to where it, it just kept them out. Now, what's the impact? You know, McMurray's been there all year. They were right there. They came east to play in, the, in Huntington's tournament and did fairly well there. You know, but that big step back in the conference, I don't know what the impact of that is going to have on McMurray. Harden-Simmons had a great conference tournament, but again, we wouldn't have had them up in the list much of the year. So it's going to be interesting as those teams get put into Pool C, kind of where those things fall out. The other big conference championship in the Northwest Conference was Whitworth University, who ended up winning out there that we'd mentioned on the, on the last podcast. Okay, so with still some with still some results to come in later this week. But we had a little bit more results there to kind of go through because the field size is bigger. So let's go through the numbers for nationals for the men, and then we can dive into Pool B and Pool C. So the numbers this year for the men are going to be 31 automatic qualifiers, which I think we only have a handful or so, maybe two handfuls out left remaining for the rest of the week. There's going to be three Pool B teams and three Pool C teams. Now, in a normal year, we'd have nine Pool C teams, But this year, with the reduction, it's only three Pool C teams. So let's start with Pool B, and let's get into sort of what we think the main players are going to be and sort of where we think that's going to shake out. Okay, as we look at Pool B, here's here's who I think the big players are in Pool B for the men. All right, Wisconsin-Eau Claire, Carnegie Mellon, Christopher Newport, Emory, Redlands, Trinity, and Texas Lutheran. You could probably make a couple arguments on a couple other ones. I, I think it's going to have, the three of them are going to have to come from this group. Which three, that's going to be the big question. 
So as I look at it, all right, we look at golf stat rankings. Emery is fifth in golf stat. Carnegie Mellon is ninth. Trinity is eighth. We also have a couple of Texas schools, Texas Lutheran and Southwestern actually, are in 21, 24. Redlands is 23. So when you're looking at that, you're like, all right, Christopher Newport is 16th. So between those, I don't have Wisconsin-Eau Claire in the golf stat rankings, okay? As we go over to the coaches' poll, Emory is 4th in the coaches' poll. Carnegie Mellon is 7th in the coaches' poll. Trinity is 8th in the coaches' poll. And then Christopher Newport, 16th. And then we get into some other stuff. So when I compare sort of where golf stat is versus where the coaches poll is, to me, in pool B, the list is going to be Emory, Carnegie Mellon, and Trinity. They're all three, the top three in both coaches poll and golf stat rankings. Um, I, I, that doesn't mean that's fair, but I, when I look at it, I go, the top three are Emory, Carnegie Mellon, and Trinity. All three are inside the top 10 in the coaches poll and in golf stat poll. How do you leave a top 10 team out? You know, if you can help that, you, you can't. And if they're in the top 10 in both, I think that pretty much makes a pretty good case for them all getting in. So that's my three for pool B. And by the way, none of this is official. I'm not asking to influence anybody. I'm just telling you what my opinion is from having gone through the stats, looked at the rankings, and and, and actually seen people play. Um, you're not going to find a whole lot better teams out there than Carnegie Mellon, Emory, and Trinity this year. This year, and I know the Texas Lutheran guys were finished second a whole bunch this year, but you know at some point winning has to matter. And so when you're high, in ranked in the top ten versus the top twenty five, that's how that's going to work. So again, Pool B, I think is going to be Carnegie Mellon, Emory, and Trinity. All right, Pool C is where it's going to get interesting. So let's go through the teams in Pool C that I see first. All right, I think Methodist and Huntington are at the very top of Pool C. I think Hampton-Sydney has to be considered based on where they are in the rankings and what they just went through to try to do everything they could to win the conference against against Guilford. Washington and Lee has to be considered. Ava Rett has to be considered out of the USA South. Greensboro's in there. McMurray, I think, is in there, but I think we still have some work to be done there. I think Texas at Dallas has to be in. I think the loser between Denison and Wittenberg is is in that pool also. Um, I think when we're alone looking at three teams, I think those three teams are going to come out of that process there. Now, when I look at these teams, Methodist has been number one in the country for part of the year. They're number one in golf stat right now. And they're number two in the coaches poll. That tells me that they're in. Interesting thing is Huntington is number three in the coaches poll and number three in golf stat. Now, I don't know how much the recent performance is going to impact them. I don't know if there's a region like to say that, but to say that you have a top three team in the country in both golf stat and in coaches poll that doesn't get in doesn't seem to make very sense, a whole lot of sense to me. So from my perspective, there is one at-large spot really left. I felt like whoever won the USA South, the other two were going to get in, whether that was Methodist, Huntington, or Piedmont. Well, Piedmont won, they're in, so they're 
happily tweeting about going ahead into West Virginia at the Ogle Bay Resort. I think Methodist and Huntington have to be in. So now you're looking at, all right, who's the best Pool C team out of that? All right, so let's look at it and see if we can figure it out. Texas at Dallas, who just lost to Mary Harden Baylor, they're number 12th in the country on golf stat. McMurray is 11th. Now, will that change after the conference? Potentially. Wittenberg is number 10 in the country. So right now I have 10, 11, and 12 all here in Pool C. Right? Now, right below that is Denison at 13. So if Wittenberg wins, that probably helps Texas, Dallas, and McMurray. If Denison, who, by the way, has the lead, wins, Wittenberg's above them. Now, will they flip-flop and will they switch in there? That's something we're going to have to talk about in the next podcast. But that's where that's how tight this is. We're talking about the number 10 through 13 country in the world, in the nation, in golf stat, and we're this close. When we flip over the coaches poll, right, I've got Wittenberg at 12, McMurray at 13, Averett at 14, Texas and Dallas at 17. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, now LaGrange is in the coaches poll at 15. I don't think they're necessarily in it as much. But Averett's in there. And Greensboro's 11th. So I've got 11, 12, 13, 14, you know, <laughs> 17. Holy cow. Hands and Sydney's 20th in the coaches poll. Will they rise up based on their performance at the conference tournament? They didn't win. But they beat everybody else. And they certainly looked the part. So it's going to be really interesting. I, you know, if you if you put a gun to my head, I think that the other team is is not going to come out of the South region. I just don't think it can. I think I think Methodist and Huntington have to get in. And I think when I look at this, I I look and go, if Wittenberg doesn't win conference, I think they're in. If they do. You know, I think it's going to be between Texas at Dallas and McMurray. With McMurray's kind of stumble at conference, you know, I, I just I just don't know. Their comparative records is pretty good. Texas at Dallas, you know, where are they at? It's going to be a it's going to be a nail biter. Um, I think it's going to come down to that. It's going to be really, you know, who do you pick? It's going to be the Ohio schools, either Wittenberg or Denison, or it's going to be Texas at Dallas or McMurray, in my opinion. I just don't think that you can get another team out of the Southeast in Hanton, Sydney, Washington, Lee, Averett, or Greensboro. I just don't, you can't put all three of them in there. I think the committee is going to end up having to go with somebody else. So that's sort of where I am on Pool C. Now, on the men's side, I did have a chance to kind of look at some individuals. And so we're going to kind of go through some individuals, and you'll see that there is some people that would be impacted if teams get in. Um... So, number one, I think uh, Burris from Pfeiffer. I I think he's probably on the list of people you have to be looking at. And these are going to be individuals to keep an eye on. That does not mean that this is an exhaustive list. I certainly didn't have enough time to go through everybody. But I've got a handful of people on here that I think the six could come from. Now, it depends. If if certain teams get in in Pool C or Pool B, this could have an impact. Uh, I think Cameron Starr from LaGrange is pretty much a lock-in. So, when I look at Burris and Starr, I, I think they're probably in from a from an individual perspective. The other two that I'm looking at are, are both from McMurray, where Lane Roy and Brendan Lawrence have been in the top, you know, 10 to 12 to 15 of the country all year long. I, I 
you know, if he had said only one of them were going to make it, I think it's probably going to be Lane. He's had a little better better year. But again, if, if for some reason McMurray makes it in in Pool C, well, then they're out of this list because they're in the Nationals. I'm assuming that they're probably not going to make it in Nationals as a team. So I have them and the individual look. I think Robinson from Washington Washington Lee is probably in. That makes a ton of sense. Uh, Price from Christopher Newport, I think if they don't get in in Pool B, I think he probably is is one of the other ones. I think Fambro from Redlands for out west is also in. And if Trinity doesn't get in, I think Weisman gets in from out there. So that's my list. I've got eight guys between Burris, Starr, Roy, Robinson, Price, Lawrence, Fambro, and Weisman. I think your six probably come out of there. If McMurray makes it in, I think you probably have to go a little further down the list to start looking and I would probably look in some of the Texas and the other Ohio schools. The other piece here is I I didn't look at Denison and Wittenberg because they just didn't have any enough people that were high enough ranked. But I think, again, we'll touch more on individuals as we get into next the next podcast at the end of this week, kind of on the pre, pre-committee podcast. All right. So that's a ton of information. And I'm sure I got a few things wrong, but... Uh, this is about as good as it's going to get. I think this is the landscape that we're in. I think it's going to be really interesting to watch over the next couple days. The things that are going to be on my radar are the NCAC. Who's going to win between Denison and Wittenberg? Denison has the lead. They probably are looking pretty good. That's going to have an impact because of where things are in the rankings um, on the men's side of things. I think from Pool B perspective, that is pretty set. I just think it's going to be come down to who's more highly ranked. I think the ability for the men to have three versus the women to have two, I think are going to help probably make sure that we have most of the top 10 in the country in the in the tournament. Whereas I think in Pool B and the women's, that's a, that's a Sophie's choice. I just don't know how you get two out of there because I feel like Redlands is in and I think Carnegie Mellon are in. And I think it's going to be a shame that Wash U and Emory aren't going to make it. Though from an individual perspective, I would expect to see some of the people from Pool B in the individuals on the ladies' side. So that's what we're going to be looking forward to over the next couple of days. We'll get some more automatic qualifiers. We'll be paying attention to that. But as it comes to sort of bids and that, I think the die is pretty set. So if you haven't had your conference tournament yet, you better win it because there are no at-large bids left. And we're talking about top 10, 12 teams in the country that are vying to try to get in the national championship so with that i know we ran a little long tonight but there's just so much information to get through we had to get it together and put it out for you guys we've got a ton of great feedback we've we just crested over 400 followers on twitter we're about to hit a thousand downloads on our podcast which is incredible mark for really only have been have done this for a little over 90 days so Again, thank you, thank you, thank you. We love Division Three golf and, and the community that we have here. I'm going to be really paying attention to the, the committee and sort of where things are. And again, we're going to come back with a podcast later on, probably after this weekend, either Sunday night or Monday, and really kind of get into the, all right, here's the catch-up of where we are and any impacts we think we see in any coaches' polls that come out or golf stat rankings. So until then, hit them straight. Cheers.